things. And, and I encourage you, I had one pastor that we served under, uh, he would say this very boldly, and I was always like, oh, this is, that's like a tough thing to say. But he would always say, you don't have a good excuse to not get baptized. Like if you're a Christ follower and you're trusting God with your life, uh, there really is no great excuse to why you wouldn't get baptized because there's so many benefits that come with it, which we'll see in a minute. And so that would be my encouragement to you. I understand that it can be uncomfortable. I understand that you might not totally understand everything that goes about it. And hopefully we'll do our best to talk about it. But man, if I was you and you haven't been baptized, join the party with us this last Sunday of the month. Like you're going to see, we're going to be celebrating. We're going to be cheering, clapping. Like it's going to be a great thing that morning. And uh, I would hate for you to miss it um, just because we kind of talk ourselves out of it. And so hopefully these words kind of inspire you to jump in. And uh, if you have any questions, we're going to be available. We'll have a little class before we do baptism that morning and uh, answer anything you may have. Literally, we'll go through every step. Like, hey, this is when you come forward. This is when you get in the tank. This is when we hold you under. It'll be only be for two minutes unless you're really sinful. <laughs> and it's like three minutes. Uh, your husband or wife will we'll pass out a survey to your friends and they'll fill out about how sinful you are and then we'll decide. So it's really going to be great, you guys. It's going to be... <laughs> Mark chapter 1, verse 9. It says, Mark chapter 1, verse 9. It says, At the time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. So Jesus was baptized. Verse 10. At, just as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, you are my son who I am, whom I love. With you, I'm well pleased. With you, I'm well pleased. A couple of things I want to say in here. You have to remember scripture is written uh, by people who observed the encounter. And so if this was you and you're sitting here writing about what happened, uh, it would be very easy to say, oh, then Jesus came from Nazareth, because all this was important in their time about where they were from and their lineage and all this stuff. But it's easy for you to say, hey, so Jesus, this guy, Jesus is getting baptized by John in the Jordan and uh, whatever, but he's in great detail. And the line that I really want you to catch is this. It says, just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. This was like a real encounter that needed to be documented. It wasn't like this little church moment that maybe a few of them saw. This was a big deal. Heaven was split. The, the skies opened when Jesus was baptized, and it was such a big deal that it needed to be documented. And so there's a lot in it. There's a lot of symbolism in there for us in terms of when we do baptism and when we get baptized. And so we'll, we'll kind of dig into that. And so the first thing I want to bring up is if Jesus was baptized and we're called to be Christ-like, that means, yes, we should be baptized. Somebody say amen. So we're Christ followers, and the scripture says that uh, we should be imitators of Christ. And so if Jesus was baptized, it's good that we be baptized. We should be baptized. Um, another thing is that we noticed in the scriptures, he said, you are my son in whom I am well pleased. Well, the scripture also says about Christ followers or Christians or those who choose to live according uh, to God's will, Christians, uh, it calls us his sons and daughters, right? And so if we're, our, if we're the sons and daughters of God and we're... Christ followers. One, we should be baptized because we want to be Christ-like. Number two, if God said, you are my son who I'm well pleased, then that means God would say the same thing to you about being baptized. When you're baptized, God's heart would be the same towards you. He would say, you are my son or you're my daughter. And with that, I am very well pleased that you're being baptized or that you made this decision. And so baptism 
pleases God. It's a good thing. He's, he's into that. He encourages that. He's for you being baptized. Somebody say amen. But the one thing I want to point out for just a second is that there was power when he came up. The scripture says that as he was coming up of the water, the scripture says that there was power. There's one thing I want to kind of point out for those that don't know, and for those that have been in church for a while, you'll know this. But the idea of baptism is following in the footsteps of Christ, but the footsteps that we follow in is in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And so that's the symbol of baptism, right? Because there could really be anything. Like they could have come up with a handshake, right? We could all just go do like the God handshake right now. Why baptism? Why underwater? Why the coming up? Why all this stuff? It's because it's a symbol or it's a pattern that we're following that Jesus modeled for us. And so when you, when you're there and you're in a state and so you, you say, okay, I'm a Christ follower. I'm following, but maybe you still have habits or maybe you have poor thinking, or maybe you have some things that you just don't like that you want to see changed. The scripture promises us that when you, when you, when you say, I'm making a decision to be baptized, you're letting those things die. And then when you're buried in the water, it's buried in the water, just like Jesus died in the grave three days later was raised. Those things stay there and you come back up in this new life. And so death, burial, and resurrection, we're following the model of Jesus. Somebody say amen. So the word in Greek for baptism is baptizo or baptizo, depending on how you, who taught you it really. (laughs) But let's say baptizo. And uh, it's a word, it's a Greek word that they used actually when they talked about a, uh, a, a boat or someone who was out on a vessel and when it sunk. And so they would say like that vessel, uh, yeah, it, it entered into like bap- baptizo or bapt. And so it's it submerged, it's sunk, or it met its watery grave would be a way that they would describe it. And so for us, that word symbolizes that. It means your old person, your old way of doing things, the person who wasn't a Christ follower or had that poor, it's met its watery grave. That lifestyle can literally meet its watery grave, but then be resurrected as you come up in a newness of life. Somebody say that's good news. Mm -hmm. Jesus really cared about it so much that literally in his last words, as he says the great commission as he's about to ascend into heaven, Jesus in his great commission says what? He says, go into all the world, preach the gospel. And then he says what to all people? And he says, and and doing what? Baptizing them all in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why? That's how much he believes in the power or the symbol of baptism. And so it's easy for us modern American to just think like, oh, you know, I can be a Christ follower and I can read enough books and I can read the Bible and I can do enough worship to have a healthy relationship with God. But think about this. Jesus' last words, like on his way out, were like, hey, take this thing, tell everybody about it, but don't forget baptism. It's a really big deal. There's a lot of benefits that come with it. Somebody say amen. Uh, there's a lot of times, you know, we know in Romans, uh, the scripture where we get a lot of our salvation that says uh, basically how we uh, choose salvation. Salvation, when we pray a prayer, or the sinner's prayer, or, or uh, we answer an altar call, and, and we, some people would say we give our hearts to the Lord, a lot of times that can be a very private matter. And so sometimes maybe people walked up to the front of a church and prayed that prayer, or you stayed in your seat, or whatever it is. As long as it was a heart matter, it's a, it's a win. It's what it's supposed to be but that's a private matter. And this baptism is a public matter. And so a lot of times back in culture, when baptism would happen, it would be like this. Jesus would come and he would minister to a town or disciples would come or teachers of the Torah would come and they would teach. 
And so some people would follow and they'd be a part of it. But then all of a sudden when they saw, when the city or the town or the community of people saw that they, those were getting baptized, it was like, whoa. It was okay that they went to church. It was okay that they went and followed Jesus. It was okay. But when it came to the baptism part, uh, they, they would call it like a heart commission. Uh, they would say, wow, like those guys are really taking this serious. Like they're doing more than just putting a bumper sticker on the car. Like they've, they've publicly said, we're making a life change to follow Jesus. And, uh, and it was made clear. And I think that there's a lot of spiritual uh, influence or a lot of spiritual weight that comes with that. It's saying, hey, in our community, in Zealand or Holland or wherever you are, in this atmosphere, I'm going to be baptized and I'm going to come up and I'm going to trust God. And I believe that you're sending like a statement into the community and not that you're better than anybody or anything like that, but you're just saying like, I'm making a life change and I want the world to know and see Christ in me. Somebody say amen. So it was a command of God to be baptized. He said, go about preaching and baptizing. Uh, it was something he was really serious about. And then uh, I've heard it said like this, baptism is like the wedding ring. So Jess and I got married and uh, we got up here and we did all our vows and we said all our stuff and uh, really funny story just to lighten the mood for you. Uh, so my wife, who we love to make fun of, right? Who's with me? That's all I do, right? We love good Jess stories, right? I have a few for you too now that she's pregnant. Um, we'll save it for later. Um, she loves it. She's like, hey, today was good, but it would be better if you made fun of me a little bit more is what she always says every Sunday. So I'm just kidding. Okay. So here's the deal, uh, with our merit, with our wedding, some of you were there. Um, her biggest thing was like, we have to write our own vows. We have to write our own vows. We have to do this. You know, I was like, no, 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 we're not writing our own vows. That's lame. And, uh, <laughs> so we did it. So I was like, we have to do it. And, uh, and so of course me, I'm, I was a youth pastor at the time, but I'm a public speaker. And so, okay. So I get out my thing and like, you know, it's this really long, like all articulate detailed mini sermon and, uh, and she did hers and it was great. She was so set on our vows. Like, we got to do vows for each other. It's so heartfelt and meaningful, and we want to do this. Okay, so I'm reading these vows to her that I heartfelt, meaningful, like da-da-da, read the whole thing. She doesn't cry. She's just like, oh, that's so nice. Then we get to the, we get to like the legal vows, like that they have to say, just the carbon copy, like repeat after me thing. So I'm repeating the legal, and she's like, I'm like, you said those ones wouldn't be good enough, and now you're crying through them. Like, I don't even know what's going on. So, but on that day, so we did the emotional vows. We did all that stuff in front of everybody. We did that whole deal. That's one moment of our heart being on display. So you do your vows. You say, what's happening internally? We're connecting. But what happens publicly after that, a public display of what happened internally is our wedding ring right? Every day we wear a ring to display that we're wed, that we're one, that what happened on the inside with our vows and between us uh, is, is public. We're saying this is our public display. And that's a lot of what baptism is. It's the wedding ring of your salvation. It's saying, I'm a Christ follower. Uh, I, I, I'm in this to win it. And I want to make it public. I want to put the wedding ring on the salvation, if you will, and, uh, and put it out there. Baptism is an outward expression of what you have already decided in your heart. And so I just love that thought is uh, it's saying, hey, in front of our friends and family and people that we've loved, they've all gathered to do what? To watch you 
death, burial, resurrection, celebrate with you and know that you've made that public display. It's like that wedding ring on your salvation. That's why we value it here at Vertical Church. Amen? That's okay? You guys with me? Okay. Andy is good. So good. <laughs> um, baptism does two things, and then I'll close. Baptism does two things. Number one, it demonstrates, and number two, it activates. Uh, the demonstrate part of it is under the water, you're leaving things in the water. And so I want to encourage you, if you're thinking about being baptized, I really want you to hold on to this thought that in that burial, just as Christ died and three days later rose again, when you go under that water, there's things you can leave. That's the point of it. And so maybe you're struggling now, like, oh, I got these things, these bad habits, these things, whatever. Uh, that's for you to leave, leave in the water. That's the part, uh, insecurities, doubts, all these things you wrestle with. Let those things be buried. That's the point of it. And it's demonstrating, hey, I'm leaving these things, this part of me, that person that I was, I'm going to leave those there. And then I believe that God is going to raise me up in new power. And so the scripture talks about it in Romans 6, 3. It says, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized unto his death? Verse four, we therefore buried with him through baptism unto death into that order or in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the father, this is the key part, we too may live a new life. So that scripture is saying this, you just like Christ baptized, buried, rose again, but just like when Jesus, as we talked about a few weeks ago, when Jesus was literally raised from the dead, the scripture says he went about, and the scripture says that he, he, he went about and after his passion, so after his death, burial, and resurrection, after his passion, he showed himself alive with many infallible proofs or many unarguable proofs that he was alive. There was this new level of power that he could walk in. Why? Because the, the, the veil has been torn, which is a long thing, but uh, he defeated death. He defeated the grave. He, the keys to hell, all of that stuff. So he walked in a newness of power and a newness of life. It's the same promise for you as you walk in the same model that Jesus walked in. Death, burial, resurrection. When you come up new, there's new power in your life for that. And I can't scientifically break it all down. All, the, all I know is that it's by the Holy Spirit. It's by the Spirit of God that, that it's like a, it's a charging for you. It's like a, it's a power up, if you will. You go down, you come back up, and you can walk new in a new power. The second thing, and that's what the scripture says there, that we too may live in new life. Uh, the second thing it does is it activates. Uh, verse 10 of the same, of the scripture we read earlier, it says, just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open, the spirit descending on him like a dove, and a voice came from heaven saying, you're my son with whom I'm well pleased. Uh, I want to talk about this torn real quick. Uh, it's actually, the, the Greek word here for torn is actually where we get the word schizo, like schizophrenic, like literally torn or divided. And so what happened here in scripture is literally when heaven opened for Jesus, it tore our it tore from heaven. So, so heaven, the heaven world, the, so we always pray kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. When he came up in new power, there was a tore or there was a separation between our natural, like our old way in heaven. It's like heaven met earth and, and, and pushed aside all of our old ways of doing things. And so it was, there was this tear. Uh, one translation of it, like we read here, actually, it says it in this too. It says there was like an open heaven. And what it is, is it's this access point that happens. 
uh, when you're baptized and you come up and, and, and there is a, there's a new level, if you will, with God that can happen when you're baptized. Somebody say amen. Your condition of how you used to live is torn. It's, it's torn away from who you were and God affirms you in that moment. And that's why what you see here is he opened heaven and you're separated. Now, obviously Jesus was sinless, but when you come up, the condition of what you were is torn away and God affirms you. God affirms you. And I think for some of us, that's a, that's a powerful moment that we all need. You need to experience death, burial, and resurrection coming up, being torn from who you used to be. And I'm not saying all the, the good things like, oh, I don't even know who I am anymore since I got baptized. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying the old way of thinking, the, the things that we struggle with, you need to experience coming up, being torn from those things because God shows up and affirms you. Somebody say amen. A couple of things here. Baptism is the initial step of a faithful heart. It's the initial step of a faithful heart. Like, do you want to go to another level in, in your faithfulness in your heart? Do baptism. Like, take that public step. Baptism is a public faith in action. Baptism is an outward expression of an inward faith, is what we say all the time. It's an outward expression of an inward faith. I encourage you, get baptized. Uh, and here's the truth. Like, we don't make any more money. The church doesn't grow automatically because more people get baptized. Like, it doesn't change anything here if we have one or a hundred people get baptized. It literally changes nothing, except for the fact that we believe in it, and it changes your life. Somebody say amen. So I'm not up here just saying we want to do this because it does this for the church, and it benefits us this way. No, it benefits you, and then we all benefit from that. Somebody say amen. So three things I want to cover uh, in closing uh, that just are simple, frequently asked questions type stuff about how we do baptism. Obviously, it's our first baptism ever as a church, and so uh, you just need to know kind of what we believe or where we stand on it. So first question we may have, and again, we'll answer all this any way that we can, but the first question you may have is, I've already been baptized. Should I be baptized again? Baptism, of course, is this. It's having an understanding that you've cho chosen Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you want to make a public declaration of that relationship with God. Now, some of us may have gone astray. We've, we've chose to be a Christ follower, but we've lived away or there's been distance from God or we've gone down the wrong path or whatever. And you say, I want to make that declaration again, that I'm drawing back near to God and I'm, I'm making a public declaration that I'm reconnecting or recommitting. It's not re-salvation, but it's saying I'm getting back to my roots. I'm getting back on path. And one way that I want to declare that is through baptism. So if you've been baptized, yes, you can be baptized again. Uh, we'd love that. We'd celebrate that. That'd be a great thing. Another thing that uh, we would cover is, can my child be baptized? And uh, here's what we say at the church is, with baptism, we believe that anyone who understands what baptism symbolizes, then they should be baptized. If they've come to the recognition and they, and they say, hey, I know what baptism means, I know that I've made Jesus Lord of my life, and I want to make that public by doing baptism, uh, if you have that understanding with their kid, your kids, and your kids are actually learning about it right now, if you guys can come together and have a conversation about that and you know that there's, a, there's an understanding there, man, baptize them. What a cool, like, like, I hope we have more kids than we do adults, amen? So, like, baptize them. Let's do it. Let's celebrate. Well, I don't, I don't know. They might not have a thing. Baptize them. Like, work it out. Have the talk with them if they're there. What a great thing. And I'll just say this too. Uh, parents, like if you want to be a part of it, if you want to jump in the tank and, and help baptize them, 
Uh, you don't have to be ordained or a licensed or whatever. The scripture says you go about baptizing them and the only structure is in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is the only rule to how you baptize there. Uh, you have an understanding of baptism and you baptize them that way. And so if that's something you want to do, you want to be a part of it, uh, trust me, uh, I'm with you all the way on that. And so, um, yes, children who have an understanding, and that's up to you guys, we trust that, uh, baptize. And then the last thing is, uh, where do we come out as a church on sprinkling? What do we do with young kids who don't have an understanding? And here's how we believe it. There's two scriptures I'd have you look at. Uh, in the book of Luke chapter 2, verse 22 through 40, you can see where Jesus is with his parents and uh, essentially the ministers of that time. They do a dedication or they do a blessing over Jesus. And then you see later in his life, which we just read in Matthew, Jesus gets baptized. And so we follow that model here at Vertical Church. And so what that means is this. We believe in a parent dedicating their children unto the Lord, uh, and we're going to do it in a prayer service. Uh, and so the way that it would work for us here at the church, again, since it's our first time and everything, uh, the first week of December, we're going to have a child dedication service. And so that's your babies. That's the young kids. That's the really little ones. We'll come up, and we'll pray a blessing over them. And then we also ask that the congregation join with us in that prayer. Because why? Because it takes all of us to raise these little ones. We're a family. And so we dedicate our little ones unto the Lord until, the way that it works, is until they're ready and have an understanding of baptism. And then they're declaring themselves dedicated unto the Lord through salvation and baptism. And so we do child dedication like we saw in Luke, and then we do baptism uh, when they have an understanding or when you have an understanding uh, later in life. And so that's how both of those are work. Baptism and child dedication is what we believe here. And, um, and that's it for the major questions. And so Literally, that Sunday, if you're interested, just to take the spooky out of it, we'll have a tank here. It'll be warm. I promise it'll be plenty warm. Um, if it's not warm, I'll stand on the outside and dunk you on this. So, no, it'll be plenty warm. Steps, like everything, rugs, we'll have towels for you, all that kind of stuff, places for you to change. Uh, like I said, we'll have your shirts for you, all the details that you need to know. Uh, I would say get signed up. We can answer all those questions. And let's throw a party. It's our first time. We're going to have a great time watching people walk through death, burial, and resurrection into new life. And I believe on that day, you get raised to new life, just like Jesus did when he was raised to life. Amen? Why don't you stand and we'll pray. So again, not to beat the dead horse, but uh, which is a terrible way to say that. Um, our baptism signups and the Thanksgiving banquet signups, all that stuff's out at the information bar. If it's on your heart, if you feel like that nudge, go sign up and we can talk about it. Like we can, we can, and you can pray about it and walk through it. But if it's, if it's nudging you, do it, jump in, don't miss it. It's going to be one of the best days of your life. And, um, if you know somebody even outside of here that you've maybe had a conversation with about baptism or whatever, or if it comes up this week somehow, uh, we'd love it. You don't have to be a member uh, of the church to do it here. So uh, anyway, let's pray and then we'll jump into uh, the rest of the day. God, we love you so much. We thank you for all the ways that you've empowered us to live victorious lives. Lord, we know that baptism is one way that when we, when we walk in your steps and we, we go through death, burial, and resurrection in terms of baptism, Lord, we know that we can walk in new life. And so, Lord, help us that have been baptized to cheer on those um, that are maybe thinking about it or considering it. And uh, on that day, Lord, we know that heaven has a great cloud of witnesses cheering us on, so we can't wait to celebrate that day. 
be with us this week and uh, just bless everything that we put our hand to this week in Jesus' name. Amen. Much love, guys. See you next week.